0: And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is January 11th, 2022, and our first story. The Democratic Party is nearly dead. They have no leadership, no charismatic personalities. 26 Democrats have now announced retirement, and voters in the party are quitting in droves. Naturally, Pelosi is extremely worried about whether or not she will be able to retain any power. In our next story, Project Veritas drops explosive documents. Hashtag expose Fauci trends as new material proves Fauci lied to Congress. And in our last segment, the LA Times says it is necessary to mock COVID deaths if they were anti-vaxxers. Truly despicable. If you like this show, give us a good review, leave us five stars, and share the show with your friends. It really helps. Now, let's get into that first story. Some may argue that my statement is hyperbole. It may be an exaggeration. But I do believe it's fair to say that the Democratic Party is nearly dead. Now, at least for the time being, maybe the far left will take the corpse of the Democratic Party and wear it like a skin suit, which appears to be happening. But for the time being, I think it's a fair assessment. A 26th Democrat has announced they will be retiring and not seeking re-election. At a time when Republicans are expected to win a massive red wave, Democrats are bowing out and deciding they won't even fight. Maybe that's not a sign the party is dead, nearly dead, or dying. It's just a reality that in the first term of a presidency, the other, the opposing party wins back the House. But there's more data than just this. Democrat voters are quitting the party in huge numbers. Typically in the U.S., more people are registered as Democrats than Republicans, and it's typically the independent voter that sides with the Republicans, giving Republicans a victory. This time around, though, it's looking nearly two to one, that Democratic voters are switching their party affiliation to Republican or, in many cases, independent. And many independent voters are aligning themselves, either Democrat or Republican, but they're leaning heavily Republican. A new study out shows, or I should say it's it's relatively old, but it's only a few weeks old, shows that the Republican voter base is growing massively. And the Democratic voter base is shrinking At a time when Democrats are resigning from their, are retiring from their party, there's no clear front runner and prominent left wing figures keep saying they're out and they're going to be voting Republican. I'll give you a notable example, me. Now in 2016, I didn't vote for Hillary and I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I was a Bernie supporter and Bernie said a lot of things I thought were good. Notably that open borders was a Koch brothers proposal and that he was fighting for the working class and he believed in a lot of. Social issues that I thought were good. And then Bernie, in my opinion, sold his soul. We now have many other prominent individuals saying the exact same thing, that they're not going to be voting for Democrats this time because of the insane mandates, because of the lies. Even Bill Maher has come out now saying there's a big difference between liberal and woke, and I am not about woke. Bill Maher says that he plays to liberals, and now he's going to clubs And he's seeing his audience as conservative and liberal. And it's strange because he normally didn't play to mixed audiences. The reality is wokeness in this country has gone too far. The Democratic establishment has embraced it to the point where it's alien to the average American. And people who are actually paying attention are saying, I don't like this and I want to have nothing to do with it. But more importantly, we can see the lies and misinformation coming out of liberal justices on the Supreme Court as it pertains to COVID. We can see Dr. Fauci lying to Congress, and eventually people just say, enough, I will vote Republican if it means the Democrats are gone. Now, I'm not a big fan of the Republicans myself. I don't even know if I'll be voting Republican because I really don't like the Republican Party. I like the Mises Caucus, the Libertarian Party, but even the Libertarian Party is a bit out of it in my opinion. So I don't know. What I can say is the Democratic Party is the craziest of any of the parties. At the very least, with Republicans, they just obstruct and do very little. And you have a handful of good Republicans that make sense. The Libertarian Party, Mises Caucus, seems to make a whole lot of sense. But the likelihood they win seems to be relatively small. So in the meantime, all I can really say is I'm watching people outright say they would rather just have Republicans. The problem is there's no guarantee that solves your problem unless you vote in the primary. This could be a game changer. If the Republicans win over Democrat voters, if these voters, Republican, Libertarian, Democrat, vote in the primaries and get rid of the establishment and neocon Republicans, there may actually be a populist wave that takes over Congress, the House and the Senate, eventually the presidency, and then we will see a unified United States. The left may become a fringe group because of wokeness. Now, of course, they like to rag on me because over the past couple years, I talked about the prospect of a 49-state landslide. Well, important context there is that you can achieve a 49-state 40, a landslide with only 52 or 53 percent of the national popular vote. You don't need everyone in this country in alignment. It just means that at the state level, people end up voting one way or another. And for the most part, that is a bit hyperbolic. I'm not entirely convinced California would ever flip vote Republican because it's two thirds Democrat, but many other states very well may as much as they're trying to claim that the Democrats are saying, no, 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 it's, it's not all bad. They're trying to save face in Miami in 2020, a safe blue district D plus flo- D plus four flipped Republican. So it's 2022 things are getting intense. We got swatted just last week. And yesterday, we were hit by a serious DDoS attack which shut down our show. Very briefly, we were able to get it back up online. But this is a cyber attack against us. This was an actual attack on us. And Timcast IRL is a fairly moderate show. But take a look at who we host. Why? Well, we offer Democrats a platform. We, We offer them to come on the show. They won't do it. And thus... That says everything you need to hear, in my opinion. But let's take a look at this story and take a look at the data. Because if you're a, if you're a regular American who doesn't care for a party, and you find yourself leaning Republican, this should be reassuring to you. So before we get started, let me say this. Head over to TimCast.com, become a member to help support the work we are doing right here. This video, as well as TimCast IRL. As a member, not only are you supporting all of our journalists... But you will also get access to exclusive members-only podcasts from all of our shows, notably TimCast IRL, where just last night we hosted Mike Rowe. Huge fan of the guy. It was really, really awesome. Great conversation. But more importantly, share this video. Smash the like button. Subscribe to this channel. But share this video. Let people know they are not alone. Change is happening. People are waking up to the establishment lies. The Democratic Party is nearly dead. From the Daily Mail, yet another Democrat announces he won't run again. Pressure piles on Pelosi as Colorado's Ed Pulmetter becomes the 26th to drop out of the midterms with chances of a GOP bloodbath growing. Moderate Democrat Pulmetter said he wanted to explore other opportunities. His district has been solidly blue since he was elected in 06, but recently got slightly redder with the inclusion of conservative mountain regions last year. Democrats are still more likely to win there, but Polmutter acknowledged in his outgoing statement that the numbers are slightly tighter. In November, a GOP group announced it was targeting Polmutter in an ad blitz. Representatives Brenda Lawrence and Bobby Rush announced early last week, uh, Early, Ru- uh, uh, Bobby Rush announced early last week that they are not seeking re-election at the end of this year. House Speaker Nancy, po- Nancy Pelosi, who indicated she is running running again, is trying to hold onto her party's slim majority in the lower chamber. There's no guarantee the Democrats are going to hold the Senate either. In fact, based on the visualization of voter, of party, uh, of party base, I would actually say there's good evidence Republicans are going to sweep. And for a variety of reasons, first, we have redistricting. The Democrats have said gerrymandering is going to favor Republicans. It's cheating. It's not fair. It's voter suppression, et cetera, et cetera. Wrong. Redistricting is the result of people voting in local elections. And people who pay attention to politics tend to vote in local elections. This results in Republicans winning at the state level and then redistricting as they see fit, which benefits Republicans at the federal level. But it's not just about that. It's about the swing from Democratic to Republican. Take a look at this visualization we have here. It's kind of hard to see. It's a little small. This is from sagepub.com, a study tracking party switching from 2016 to 2020. In 2016, we can see, just based off of visually, you can see the Democratic Party is much larger than the Republican Party. In fact, it looks like it's nearly two to one. And you can see this gray area are independent voters. Since 2016 into 2020, and now mind you, it's been 2022, I can only imagine the trend is getting worse. You can see that there have been some Republicans who have switched to independent or Democrat. We can see 9% of Republicans have become Democrat And 13% of Republicans have become independent. However, among the Democratic Party, 15% of Democratic voters now identify as independent. And we have uh, right here, 11% of Democrats have switched to the Republican Party. Seriously consider that number. 11% of Democrats from 2016 have switched to Republican by 2020. That's significant, because in the 2016 election, we saw Obama voters, 9 million of them, vote for Donald Trump. In fact, a decent percentage of Bernie Sanders supporters voted Republican. It's another
1: morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com Carlson and save 20% today.
0: And since then, it's only grown. Now, to be fair, in 2020, you can see the Democratic Party still is slightly bigger than the Republican Party. But this is a major shift. Now, among moderates, among independent voters, we can see that there has been a major shift. We have 25% of of independents now aligning Democrat, but 30% of independents are now aligning Republican. This is not just an issue of Democrats quitting the Democratic Party. It's also an issue of hyperpolarization, which can be bad. If Republicans were able to do as well as they did in 2016, 2020, they didn't do as well in 2018. And, all, and, and at the mean, in the meantime, they're doing so at a disadvantage with a smaller number of registered Republicans. It stands to reason as more Democrats and independents join the Republican Party than the other way around. The Republicans are in for a major sweep for more reasons than just this. I would like to show you a real world example of what's happening. Kim Iverson is a political commentator, and she is uh, center-left, as they describe. Hey, funny, so am I. Let me show you uh, first, she says, in response to Michael P. Sanger on Twitter, the partial list of COVID misinformation repeated by the U.S. Supreme Court so far today. Kim says this was an unbelievably ignorant hearing on the part of three liberal justices. It was like listening to The View. Breyer made slash asked zero logical statements. And questions, he simply pulled his hair and fretted, why are you asking for us to put a stay on this? People are dying. Let me show you, before I read to you what Kim Iverson responded with. This is the Wikipedia page for Rising, a news show in which Kim Iverson has, uh, is a commenter. They say, gradually gaining popularity on YouTube through 2019 and 2020. The show's longest serving hosts were Crystal Ball and Sagar and Jetty until the, their departure in May 2021. Since then, the permanent hosts are journalist Ryan Grimm, alongside commentators Kim Iverson and Robbie Suave. Now, we we are familiar with all three of those individuals. In fact, we've hosted Robbie and Kim on Timcast IRL. Here they say: host changes. Kim Iverson took over from Jashinsky, who said on Twitter that she had never intended to do Rising Full Time. The permanent host in the show's permanent hosts are now Ryan Grimm, who represents left-leaning political ideologies and Kim Iverson, who represents the center-left. The third panelist also tends to represent right-leaning political ideologies. Suffice it to say, most people, when you're taking a a, a larger view of things, sees Kim Iverson as a center-left individual. I think it's a fair assessment based on what I've heard from her. She tweeted on January 8th, I'm voting straight Republican, not third party, not a right-in. I want the best shot at ending authoritarian mandates, vax passports, and censorship. Nothing matters more to me at this moment than stopping these authoritarians. Wow. You know, a lot of people have told me that Kim is very similar to Tim. They say that she's a um, mixed Asian individual who hosts a center-left podcast, critical of the establishment. Very similar to where Tim Poole was a few years ago or whatever. Fine. I take it as a compliment. I think Kim's fantastic. But people have pointed out that our politics are similar. Now, I got to say this. I don't even know if I would say I'd vote straight Republican. I did in 2020 for very much the same reasons. And of course, I'm not entirely convinced the Republicans are going to do anything. I think Mitch McConnell is fairly awful. But perhaps, perhaps we have no choice. If the Democrats win, they're just going to keep burning things to the ground. At the very least, Republicans would just sit there and obstruct, I guess. Someone obstructing the country being burned to the ground is probably better than nothing. But I believe the establishment Republicans have the same interest as the establishment Democrats. They're just feigning obstruction. Or they're feigning some desire to obstruct. Well, I'll tell you what we need to do. Shout out to Kim. Here's what you need to do. Advocate people vote in the primaries in the Democrat and the Republican primaries, depending on which party affiliation they have or whatever. Or you can just tell people to vote in the Republican primary. Get rid of Mitch McConnell. Get ri- He's not up for re-election, I'm pretty sure. But get rid of these establishment neocon politicians. Kevin McCarthy, go bye-bye. Bring in more libertarian types, more moderate populist types, more American fir- America first types, more freedom-loving libertarian individuals. That's the path to victory. Right now it's our best shot but i will i will admit as well there is still a general tidal shift as it were that i don't know if it matters all that much what we do as those who are politically active i certainly think it's important but it may just be the tide coming in the democrats have pushed too hard the woke are too insane and regular people are just saying enough It doesn't make sense. What you're doing, your policies don't make sense. I don't want to be forced to undergo medical treatment. I have friends in Chicago who have always been Democrat-leaning moderate individuals. They don't pay attention all that much, much. And they're freaking out because Chicago and Cook County have implemented vaccine mandates and they don't want to be a part of it. But you voted for it, guys. You have, this is what, you reap what you sow. Maybe now they're waking up When they're showing up to work and they're saying, you're fired unless you get a medical treatment and they're saying, I'm scared and don't want to do this. Here's what people haven't considered in the whole debate over vaccine mandates. There may be many individuals who are just scared of everything. They're scared of the virus, but they're scared of getting vaccinated. Maybe they shouldn't be. Talk to your doctor, figure out what makes sense. But maybe they're just scared of needles. Maybe they're just scared of getting medical treatments. They don't want to do it. And coercing them and screaming at them and mocking their deaths is not going to convince them. In fact, it will drive them into the arms of Republicans who say, I will do one thing for you. I will end these mandates. From the New York Post, Bill Maher spells out difference between liberals and woke liberals. Woke liberals is an oxymoron because it's not true. But Bill Maher mentions the most important thing. He says, I attract mostly a liberal crowd. To me, woke if we want to use that broad term, is something that is not an extension of liberalism. It's very often the opposite of what an old-school liberal like me believes. I've never been someone who was part of any specific party, per se. I usually vote Democratic, but it depends on the person, he added. Marr continued, Certainly in the age of Trump, they're never going to get me there with the Republicans. That I certainly understand. But there are many Republicans who are not Trump Republicans, and they have a good point. That there is, the, there is that faction of the left that we call woke who's gone off the deep end. Yeah, well, Bill, they're taking over your party. It's not just the woke. It's the authoritarian insanity. Even Bill Maher pointed this out when he said, I took one for the team, I got double, double vac- vaccinated, and now they want boosters. Bill Maher said, I'm not doing it. And Bill, in my opinion, probably represents regular Americans. Now, what do you think the response was to Kim Iverson? Frank the leftist on Twitter says mask completely off because Kim Iverson says she wants to end authoritarianism. And Vosh of, uh, you know him, we've had him on Tim Guest IRL says, what an incredible and unexpected and not completely predictable development. You know guys, uh, Vosh shout out, if you are not paying attention to what regular Americans are thinking you will lose. The mockery the insults the snootiness the know-it-allism all of that stuff is not convincing people who should be on your side to vote on your side in fact it's doing quite the opposite and the result will be the crushing of progressivism in this country joe biden many of these moderate democrats they ran as uh, they, they, they run promising these moderate policies but then they just bow down to the progressive left Kim Iverson tweeted she was voting Republican because of this tweet from a man named Lyle. He said, This pandemic has turned me into a Republican voter. Even the Green Party, to which I was previously registered, came out in support of mandates. I'm wondering if this was their plan all along. I wonder if I'm playing right into their hands by voting in support of the Republicans. One person responded to Kim saying, I'm a former Bernie supporter turned Tulsi Gabbard, turned Tulsi Gabbard now voting straight Republican. If someone would have told me, this in back, told me this back in 2016, I would have never believed them. And I am right here with you. I never would have believed it as well. I did not vote for Trump, did not like Trump. Well, I'll put it this way. I think Trump's a funny guy. In 2016, I thought he was hilarious. It was hilarious watching him smack down Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, I think, is awful. You're not going to get me to vote for her. I'm not voting for Joe Biden. That's insane. But Donald Trump wasn't that bad. And I had an option between not that bad Kind of bad in some ways. Versus Joe Biden corrupt crony garbage and media lies. Sorry, not playing that game. Donald Trump, he, he, he put an executive order banning critical race theory trainings. Thought it was a good thing. Donald Trump wanted school choice. I think that's a good a good thing. He wanted to end the wars in the Middle East. Yeah, I also thought that was a good thing. And you know what? I'm willing to vote for that. Take a look at this story from the Nevada Independent Trend continues of more Democrats switching to GOP than vice versa. They say, here are the numbers via the Secretary of State. And this is just just Nevada. I believe it's in their county. Democrat to Republican, 1,912. Republican to Democrat, 736. Democrat to nonpartisan, 3,555. Republican to nonpartisan, 2,262. You can see that more Democrats are quitting than the other way around. Over in Florida, we have people like Scott Pressler. He's been registering Republicans like crazy. This is huge. Because what ends up happening is that Florida, which is a purple state, is going to have more registered Republicans than Democrats for the first time in, I think, in generations. Take a look at this. Florida's 27th congressional district, according to Cook Political, it's a Democrat plus four district. In 2012, Obama won 53% of the vote. In 2016, Hillary Clinton got 579 In 2020, Joe Biden got 51.3%. Yet, a Republican currently sits as the rep in this district. Why? In my opinion, I got to be honest. I think people don't like Donald Trump. I think Republicans and Trump supporters need to realize that while many people do like Donald Trump, a lot of people don't. But this safe blue district has turned Republican. I think it's been, it's, been, it's been a crazy election cycle. Over in the UK, I think this was in 2019, we saw a tremendous conservative victory. Areas that hadn't voted conservative in 100 years were voting conservative. In the UK, it's like what? It's like a, a liberal, the liberal Democrats and the conservatives. I don't know how their politics work, but it was a major right-wing swing. Not that it's helped them out all that much with the uh, mandates and the lockdowns, mind you. But politics were strange. Things that no one predicted happened. The same thing is happening now. Joe Biden wins, but a Republican wins the district as as representative. That's strange. You'd expect down ballot votes to um, be in alignment. But maybe people really thought Joe Biden was going to be that moderate Democrat that the progressives weren't. Or maybe something else happened. I don't know. Just kind of weird. And I mean that seriously. It, it is literally weird. Whatever you think about why it is, a blue district voted Republican. I got this from Ballotpedia. It's amazing. State legislators who have switched party, political party affiliation. These are state-level politicians since 1994. You have 76 quitting the Democrat Party and becoming Republican. 20 from Republican to Democrat. Even going back to 94, this trend has existed. That to me is... It's actually kind of crazy. But here's the big news from Rasmussen. Lining everything up also perfectly. Voters remorse. Trump would win rematch with Biden. Trump would get 81% support from the GOP. Biden would get 75% of Democrats. However, among voters not affiliated with either major party, Trump would win by a 16-point margin with 45% to Biden's 29% of the vote. There's a large portion of people, independent voters who did vote for Biden. You may have seen the poll from Rasmussen before that they, they asked people about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, Joe Biden's son. And it turns out that people didn't know about it. And there was a high single digit, a uh, uh, percentage of individuals who said if they knew about the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, they would not have supported Joe Biden. And if they knew, Donald Trump likely would have won. Yet here we are. That's media manipulation. That's big tech manipulation. That is the dirty tricks and the dirty games they play. Somehow, regular people have seen through the lies, perhaps because you cannot contain it. When people like me, formerly a Bernie supporter, a group in Chicago, Democrat my whole life, are saying, screw the Democratic Party. And I think my reasons are pr- pretty obvious. Chicago is run by Democrats for generations, and it was run into the ground, and it still is, and it's worse than ever. Maybe you need some political competition. But seeing someone like Kim Iverson just come out and be like, I'm voting Republican. To see 26 Democrats say, we're retiring. Wow. Now we've previously seen Republicans retire as well. This, in my opinion, will precipitate a wave of leftist populists coming into the Democratic Party. This is going to hyperpolarize the country. It's going to make the Democratic Party collapse. I mean, the party's nearly dead. Because look, You've certainly seen some exodus from the Republican Party due to the America first nationalist populist types, but not nearly as much as the Democrats. And the nationalist populist Republicans are doing better than the progressive Democrats are doing against the Democratic establishment, in my opinion. Did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? With these retirements will come primaries in which progressives win in huge numbers and regular Americans flip out and say, no way, we're leaving. Plus, not to mention, all of the people who have fled countries like Cuba or Venezuela, they're going to be spreading that message. And you're going to see Florida go deep red, Texas deep red, and any place that harbors a community of individuals who fled communism and socialism, they are going to say, Republican all the way. Now, redistricting is a big reason why people think Republicans are going to win. But here's what I love so far. 538 says, So far, redistricting has helped the Democrats. Surprise, surprise. Take a look at this. They say what redistricting looks like in every state. An updating tracker of proposed congressional maps and whether they might benefit Democrats or Republicans in the 2022 midterms and beyond. Right now, they say this. 26 states, most recently Georgia, have now finished redrawing their congressional maps, not counting the six states with only one congressional district. So that's 30 that are locked. And several other states are already deep in the process. For instance, 14 maps have already been proposed in Florida and New York. uh, uh, And New York's Advisory Redistricting Commission has submitted two maps. At this point, redistricting has created six more Democratic-leaning seats nationally and five fewer highly competitive seats. However, because many of those newly blue seats are already held by Democrats, it's actually Republicans who have gained a handful of House seats through the re- redistricting process so far. How does that make sense? No, 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 I, I, honest question. We're still waiting for redistricting to finish. But how does it make sense that Republicans are the, actually the ones benefited when six new Democrat seats have been made? I'm sorry that logic doesn't follow. Even if you're arguing that the Democrats already hold these these districts anyway, it would be zero to zero. So how are they arguing Republicans have benefited so far? It's actually quite interesting. They say there are 130 Democratic-leaning seats, 126 Republican-leaning seats, and 23 competitive seats in the map so far. The change is plus six Democrat and minus five highly competitive It looks, at least for now, that Democrats have benefited so far from redistricting. I do think it's still fair to say once the process is complete, you will end up with a Republican uh, benefit. I don't know for sure, though. That's just what people are saying. What I can say for sure is people I know voting Republican and and believing they never would begrudgingly voting for Mitch McConnell. (sighs) I wouldn't if I were you. Primary that man, please. It's about time that people got active in their primary elections, in their local elections, be it school board, be it alderman, be it comptroller. I don't care. Research these people. Vote them out. You have the power to take back the reins of control in this country. And we're hoping that's what happens. At least I am. Because the alternative is something very, very bad. Right now, with what we're seeing, Democrats quitting the party, Democrat voters quitting the party. If we do not see something tangible after all the outrage and anger at the Democratic establishment and the Republican establishment, I think people are going to lose their minds because we're not just seeing people quit the Democratic Party. We're seeing hyperpolarization. We're seeing independent voters start aligning themselves. And you know what? I used to be one of them. I was a I was an independent who would vote Democrat. And then I supported Democrats in 2019 in the primary. People like Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang. Moderates, smart people who are challenging the establishment. Yeah, well, that didn't work. They claimed Joe Biden was the guy. He's not. He ends up winning. And now people regret their vote. Biden regret is massive. If Trump were, to, if there was an election today, Trump would beat Joe Biden by large numbers. So I think it's fair to point that out. Maybe it's a call for optimism. Maybe it's still just realism. But it sounds to me like the reality is the Democrats can't win. And I think they know it too from the Hill. North Carolina voters file suit to disqualify Madison Cawthorn from running for re-election. This is where we're at. And I hope you've been following the news. I hope you've been paying attention, to use a cliche. If the Democrats think they can't win, and so they just file legal challenges to disqualify people, do you think the voters in this state are going to be like, okay, that's fine? Or do you think the majority of voters who elected Madison Cawthorne are going to say, we voted for him, we want him to represent us? And if they take that away, then what happens? Then you have a majority saying our rights have been suppressed by a small group of angry people using legal loopholes and lawfare. And then, man, and then the bad stuff happens. Then the fighting starts. Because I'll tell you this. If you've got the majority of a district saying, we want a Republican, and then, and then a small group just blocks him, they're going to say, we still want a Republican, and there's more of us than there are of you, and we will not stand for this. I don't think they'll be successful in disqualifying Madison Cawthorn, but we've already heard from Mark Elias, the Democrat lawyer, that come this year, middle, middle of 2022, there's going to be a wave of attempts at disqualifying people like Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates. Madison Cawthorn, because the establishment will stop at nothing to steal power. Lawfare, political warfare, call it whatever you want, but this is not an electoral process. This is not a democratic institution. It is stealing the reins of power through process, and I can't imagine regular Americans will be happy about it, but I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. The latest document release from Project Veritas may be the most damning story we have heard in our lifetimes corroborating lab leak hypothesis and every wild conspiracy theory. And for this, I warn all of you, take it with a grain of salt. While it does appear that Project Veritas has hard documents which corroborate early reporting, expand upon it, and expose Dr. Fauci, some have said it's a little too on the nose. Now, I can't say for sure. What I can say is, Project Veritas's release about the Diffuse program, DARPA, their relation to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, Dr. Fauci's uh, proposals through Equal Health Alliance, or I should say proposals to him, it's corroborated by reporting from The Intercept and many other outlets. So it does appear it's likely to be true. But I have to warn you all to take it with a grain of salt. There is, a, there is one letter in particular which basically confirms everything that people uh, on the right or, you know, anti-establishment libertarians have been saying, it may be that the assessment is simply an analysis of what people think. I don't know for sure. I can also say ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, these are not approved by the FDA as treatments for COVID. You should always consult a trusted medical professional. Don't take any of this as medical advice or anything like that because the things I'm about to read to you may be shocking. Now, I certainly think you should be asking your doctor as many questions as possible, taking responsibility for your health, and being a bit skeptical on every single news story. But it does look like these documents are corroborated. Now, right now on Twitter, the number one trend is expose Fauci, trending along with Veritas and Fauci lied as this story is sweeping across the country, which is why it's imperative we discuss it And why it's also worrying that YouTube very well may censor this. So if you think this video is important, I'll tell you what you should do. You should support Project Veritas. They've brought us some of the most important reporting over the past several years, if not longer. And if you think their work is good, support them. And don't forget to support our work over at TimCast.com. Share this story. This video may be taken down for a variety of reasons, but I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm going to show you exactly what they're saying in these documents. And I will stress again, many people have stated, and I think it's a fair point, some of these documents are a little too on the nose and m- making people think either we were all just perfectly correct about everything, or maybe something isn't right. Maybe it's disinformation, which I kind of think would be absurd. Maybe this this uh, military officer is just providing an assessment of what people in the anti-establishment think about what's going on, or maybe... The documents, the research, the data, everything piled up until now was true. I don't know. I don't know. So take it with a grain of salt, draw your own conclusions. From Project Veritas, military documents about gain of function contradict Fauci testimony under oath. Once again, this may be the third or fourth story saying such things. They report. Military documents state that Eco Health Alliance approached DARPA in March 2018 seeking funding to conduct gain-of-function research of bat-borne coronaviruses. The proposal, named Project Diffuse, was rejected by DARPA over safety concerns and the notion that it violates the gain-of-function research moratorium. I'm going to slow down for a minute. Just give you some background here. Lab leak hypothesis. John Stewart's a proponent of it. The idea that in Wuhan, there were a group of researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology who were working on bat coronaviruses, and they leaked from the lab. I think that makes the most sense. Now, I'll say this. We have a whole bunch of story corroborating the creation or the project and you know, up to the, the, uh, the creation of these chimeric viruses, gain-of-function research. Then we have the COVID pandemic. But the one thing we're missing is the definitive bit of evidence proving there was a lab leak. We don't necessarily know for sure. However, a reasonable person would conclude that everything else lining up seems to make sense. Now, one of the issues there is that there was a study put out by, I believe it was, uh, was it South Beijing University or something like that? University in China, which claimed that individuals at the Wuhan Institute of Virology had been bitten by bats and or peed on by bats. And that may be that missing link proving the lab leak hypothesis is true and correct. Now, the problem there is that that study was retracted. And so, of course, now you'll have arguments that it was bunk to begin with. However, it's also possible the Chinese Communist Party just doesn't want the world pointing the finger at them. However, I think at this point, it doesn't matter if we have that one tiny little missing peg. Jon Stewart went on Colbert's show and said, looks like a lab leak. Now, what gets crazier is that according to a document from U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy, a former DARPA fellow, He's outright saying lab leak is true. And that the goal of the creation of SARS-CoV-2 was to create a vaccine virus. Crazy. I don't want to put words in his mouth. And again, I'm not saying any of this is true. But so long as this story is trending nationwide, it must be discussed in full context. And of course, the powers that be may not want this story to get out there. The main report regarding EcoHealth Alliance proposal leaked on the Internet a couple of months ago. It has remained unverified until now. Project Veritas has obtained a separate report to the Inspector General of the the uh, Department of Defense, written by U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy, a former DARPA fellow. Quote, The proposal does not mention or assess potential risks of -of gain-of-function research. A direct quote from the DARPA rejection letter. Project Veritas reached out to DARPA for comment regarding the hidden documents and spoke with Chief of Communications Jared Adams, who said, it doesn't sound normal to me when asked about the way the documents were buried. I want to point something out. I think it's important. And with respect to Project Veritas, I think they do do fantastic work. The main report regarding EcoHealth Alliance leaked on the internet a couple of months ago. Now we have this letter supposedly proving all of this stuff. You take it with a grain of salt, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. It's really hard to know how to navigate this stuff. i got to be completely honest, but ultimately you choose who to trust. I want to show you this story from The Intercept. The Intercept is not a right-wing publication. In fact, they are a particularly left-wing publication. And they reported September twenty-third, 2021, leaked grant proposal, details high-risk coronavirus research, The proposal, rejected by U.S. military research agency DARPA, describes the insertion of human-specific cleavage sites into SARS-related bat coronaviruses. A grant proposal written by the U.S.-based nonprofit the EcoHealth Alliance and submitted in 2018 to DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, provides evidence the group was working, or at least planning to work, on several risky areas of research. Among the scientific tasks, the group described in the proposal, which was rejected by DARPA, was the creation of full-length infectious clones of bat SARS-related coronaviruses and the insertion of a tiny part of the virus known as the proteolytic cleavage site into bat coronaviruses. Of particular interest was a type of cleavage site able to interact with furin, an enzyme expressed in human cells. The EcoHealth Alliance did not respond to inquiries about the document despite having answered previous queries from The Intercept about the group's government-funded coronavirus research. The group's president, Peter Daszak, acknowledged the public discussion of un- unfunded eco health proposal in a tweet on Saturday, he did not dispute its authenticity. At this point, this story is now corroborated by Project Veritas. You have The Intercept on the left. You can see right there, ground news bias left. And you have Project Veritas, which we don't have that bias uh, uh, chart or graphic, but is considered to be right-wing, though I think it's silly to say they're right-wing simply because they're anti-establishment, but you get the point. they go on to say, Since the genetic code of the coronavirus that caused the pandemic was first sequenced, scientists have puzzled over the furin cleavage site. The strange feature on the spike protein of the virus had never been seen in SARS-related beta coronaviruses, the class to which SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus that causes the respiratory illness COVID-19 belongs. The furin cleavage site enables the virus to move more efficiently, uh, to, to more efficiently bind to and release its genetic material into human cells, And it's one of the reasons that the virus is so easily transmissible and harmful. But scientists are divided over how this particular site wound up in the virus and the cleavage site became a major focus of the heated debate over the origins of the pandemic. Many who believe the virus that caused the pandemic emerged from a laboratory have pointed out that it is unlikely the particular sequence of amino acids that make up the furin cleavage site could have occurred naturally. Adherents of the idea that SARS-CoV-2 emerged from a natural spillover from animal hosts have argued that it could have evolved naturally from an as-yet-undiscovered virus. Further, they argued scientists were unlikely to have engineered the feature. Now, I don't know for sure. That's the story from The Intercept. But I now bring you this document. I'm sorry, this is a letter. Let me see if... Uh, I believe it is uh, this, this document right here. Here we go. I had it right the first time. Now, let's zoom in on this so we can read it a little bit better. From Murphy Joseph P., Major, USMC, DARPA, Dero, USA. To Captain Redacted, thanks for responding. I'm reaching out to communicate some information relative to COVID that I don't believe Redacted or your director is aware of. You probably saw earlier this earlier this week that more official documents linking NIH and EcoHealth Alliance to the Wuhan Institute of Virology were published by The Intercept. I came across additional incri- uh, incriminating documents and produced an analysis shortly after leaving DARPA last month. This report was routed to the DOD IG office. I'm unsure whether the significance of what I communicated is understood by those that received the report. Decisions with regard to the vaccines do not appear to be informed by analysis of the documents. The main points being that SARS-CoV-2 matches the SARS vaccine variants the NIH EcoHealth program was making in Wuhan. That the DOD rejected the program proposals because vaccines would be ineffective and because the spike proteins being inserted into the variants were deemed too dangerous. Gain of function. And... That the DOD now mandates vac- uh, mandates vaccines that copy the spike protein previously deemed too dangerous. To me <clears throat> and to those who informed my analysis, this situation meets no-go or abort criteria with, uh, with regards to the vaccines until the toxicity of the spike protein can be investigated. There's also information within the documents about which drugs effectively treat the program SARS-CoVs. Thus why I'm reaching out. I'm trying to help aid leadership grapple with the vaccines and the mandate with as much information as is possible. I wanted to push this information your way. Several of the documents referenced in the IG report have since been downgraded. Please reach out to me with questions. Now, I think this basically says, and I have to be honest, while this assessment is important and is interesting, this individual appears to no longer be with DARPA or the DOD, and it was about a month after that they wrote this. So they, they, they weren't actually there. Plus, their information may be coming from public reports. Many people have pointed out this is a little bit too good to be true. It's hitting all of these points that people on the right have been saying. In which case, either people on the right were correct about everything. Or, this guy's assessment is just based on public information. I don't know for sure. But we have this unclassified... Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, 675 North Randolph Street, Arlington, Virginia. From Commandant of the Marine Corps Fellow, DARPA, to the Inspector General. Subject, SARS-CoV-2 Origins Investigation with U.S. Government Program, Undisclosed Document Analysis. This is an analysis of undisclosed documents. Executive slide HR 00118S0017, EcoHealth Alliance Diffuse. Similar document, Preempt, FP019, PM Summary, Preempt Volume 1, Preempt Volume 2, SF24220V22.0, these are the names of the documents, mind you, WIV Budget Packet, WS00094394, and another document of a similar number, Personal Data, EcoHealth Alliance, Diffuse. This is an individual, formerly of DARPA, analyzing undisclosed documents. I'm going to read for you this paragraph, which I honestly hope is not true. One, SARS-CoV-2 is an American-created recombinant bat vaccine, or its precursor virus. It was created by an EcoHealth Alliance program at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, as suggested by the reporting surrounding the lab leak hypothesis. The details of this program have been concealed since the pandemic began. These details can be found in the EcoHealth Alliance proposal response to the DARPA Preempt Program Broad Agency Announcement, dated March 2018, a document not yet publicly disclosed. The contents of the proposed program are extremely detailed. Peter Daschik lays out step by step what the organization intends to do by phase and by location. The primary scientists involved, their roles, and their wo- and their institutions are indicated. The funding plan for the WIV work is its own document. The reasons why non-pharmaceutical interventions like masks and medic- medical countermeasures like the mRNA vaccines do not work well can be extrapolated from the details. From The, details. the reason why the early treatment protocols work as curatives are appar- apparent. Now, I want to pause right here. If that's a true government document and backed up by evidence, that is a bold statement. Now, the official statement from the CDC is the vaccines do prevent severe cases of COVID. I got to tell you, in my personal experience, when we all got COVID, it was a mixed bag. Um, I ended up getting really sick. We had had a few employees who were vaccinated and got sick, and they barely noticed they were sick. We had some employees that were not vaccinated, got sick, and barely noticed they were sick. I don't know for sure. Um, I I, I can't tell you. I, I honestly don't know. I can also say that, as this, as it pertains to early treatment protocols, that that this uh, uh, this major believes are curative, may not be saying that they literally do cure people. Or, 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 or I think that's important, to, important context. And I will also point out that the FDA has not approved either uh, officially or through EUA ivermectin, HEQ, or any of that stuff. Please do not take a leaked document as evidence that you should be doing a certain kind of treatment. I don't know. Neither, neither does this individual. I think it's important information. I think you can ask about. I think the reporting needs to be um, corroborated uh, additionally. And a single individual who says he did an analysis of s- several documents, it's his opinion. I am not trying to give anybody information. I would tell you this. I got treated, I got monoclonal antibodies, and that's what, what helped me. All right, That's an emergency use authorized treatment. They did prescribe a bunch of other things, including Ivermectin, which by the time uh, uh, I had already been treated with monoclonal antibodies, I was feeling fine. And they still wanted me to take these other treatments. So, again, I stress that point. Now, I will also add YouTube will ban channels that advocate for these things. Take it all with a grain of salt, but I really do genuinely mean it. There are a lot of people competing for your eyes and ears. They want you to believe things. You need to be a discerning individual. As I, as I mentioned now for, I think, the third or fourth time, this is a little bit on the nose, isn't it? So be careful about what information you get off the internet because people may be trying to manipulate you. I do not believe that's Project Veritas. I don't. But Veritas could be... Uh, they, they get these documents. They're, too, they're so good to be... They're, they're amazing documents. And it could turn out that it was fake. We have seen previously attempts to discredit WikiLeaks by seeding them false documents. Now, again... I'm not saying Veritas is wrong, I'm just saying you need to be a discerning individual and make sure you know what you're doing, you talk to medical professionals, and you're very, very careful. I like Veritas, I think they do, I think they do amazing work, but this is so insane and freaky, it needs to be said 17 billion times. He goes on to say, SARS-CoV-2's form as it emerged is likely a precursor, deliberately virulent, humanized recombinant SARS-CoV r that was to be reverse-engineered into a live, attenuated bat vaccine. Its nature can be determined from analysis of its genome with the context provided by the EcoHealth Alliance proposal. Joining this analysis with U.S. intelligence collections on Wuhan will aid this determination. When synthesized with the EcoHealth Alliance proposal, U.S. collections confirm EcoHealth Alliance was performing the work proposed. The analysts produce their reports in a vacuum. Absent the context, the proposal provides. As a fellow at DARPA, I could see both and can do the synthesis. For instance, WIV personnel identified in intelligence reports are named in the proposal. These people use the lexicon of the proposal in the collections. And the virus variants proposed for experimentation are identical to those gleaned by collections. Moreover, I am also privy to information obtained by Congressional Office investigators and by Drastic IV, which further corroborates that the program detailed in the BAA response was conducted until it was shut down in April 2020. This is scary stuff. We need this guy on record. We need this, uh, this major, Joseph Murphy, on record. The proposal of the EcoHealth program called Diffuse in the uh called the Diffuse of the proposal was to inoculate bats in the Yunnan in, in in the Yunnan China caves where confirmed SARS-CoV were found ostensibly doing this would prevent another SARS-CoV pandemic the bats immune systems would be reinforced to prevent a deadly SARS-CoV from emerging the specific language used is inoculate bats with novel chimeric polyvalent spike proteins to enhance their adaptive immune memory against specific high-risk viruses. Being defense-related, it makes sense that EcoHealth submitted the proposal uh, first to the defense of, uh, Department of Defense before it was settled with NIH-NIAID. The BAA response is dated March 2018 and was submitted by Peter Daszak, president of EcoHealth Alliance. This is true. This document I have right here is from The Intercept. Proposal Volume 1, DARPA preempt. Lead organization, EcoHealth Alliance. Okay, let me slow down and break this down for you guys. That document I'm showing comes from a leaked document posted by The Intercept. Or I should say, this is a leaked document from The Intercept, March 2018. The reporting that Project Veritas is putting out. Simple. Preempt and defuse were previously known about. Veritas is corroborating stories previously known about from left-wing publications. They have now provided an assessment of these documents from a DARPA fellow who goes on to say overtly this is well, it's proof that the lab leak hypothesis is real. However, he goes on to say that there are, you know, that he, he, he touts uh, ivermectin and HCQ as curative, and I wonder if what he's really saying is that some people have identified that, not that it is, or I got to be honest, I'm not sure this guy is, well, I'm not sure this guy is saying anything other than what pundits and other personalities have already said assessing these documents and what left-wing publications have said as well. Certainly, many of the the left-wing publications that have published this have never touted the benefits of ivermectin or HCQ, but that makes me, uh, you know, I have to wonder if that's the case. Is this just an analysis of documents we've already have, not definitive proof of anything? And that's the unfortunate reality, I suppose. It may be he's just saying the same things all of us have already said, the same thing that Jon Stewart has already said. So here's what we need. Before I can say that this is definitive proof, it's an expert analysis, an expert opinion, sure, we need, we need this guy, this major, under oath, breaking everything down. I think it's foolish to, to conclude that all of these things ha- have happened, confirmed by multiple outlets, the, the lab leak hypothesis, and then say it is not the most likely uh, story here, the most likely reality. The people who, who would say that the COVID virus did not leak from a lab, I believe, are being disingenuous because we have left and right basically coming out with these documents saying, hey, that's the case. Dr. Fauci, of course, lied under oath. He overtly did. They conducted gain-of-function research. NIAID under Fauci provided funding to EcoHealth Alliance, who then provided funding to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. All of this is, is, is just known, and Veritas is just adding more to the stack of documents in which we've already known this. Is it definitive right now? Unfortunately, it's an analysis. I don't know how you get it definitive. I mean, if there was an investigation and a bunch of government officials came out and said, yeah, we believe that true, does that make it true? If you were presenting all this information to a court, uh, uh, to a jury, they'd probably say the circumstantial evidence is more than enough. I certainly think so. But I think it's fair to point out it's hard to say what is definitive. I don't know what what, what else to say to this, because I think a lot of it speaks for itself. I will stress this again, and I'll tell you what's funny about all this. There are many people right now on Twitter saying Veritas is untrustworthy. Don't believe their documents. He's Veritas is just corroborating what The Intercept already said. So don't trust who? Now, as it pertains to the analysis from uh, the unclassified, uh, undisclosed document analysis from the major, it may just be opinion, guys. You need to read it. Go to ProjectVeritas.com. Read these documents. Decide for yourself. But you got to be really careful about I'll I'll tell you this, often you will have a legal document get released, like someone files a lawsuit, and then people read the lawsuit and say it's all true. No. If John sues Jane, and John sues Jane and says, Jane, you know, kicked my dog. She came over to my house and she kicked my dog. Often people will say, whoa, Jane kicked his dog. No, 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 no. It's an assertion. It's an analysis. It's an accusation. This, this document that's produced is an analysis of other documents. Now, it's from someone who is high up and privy to this information, so that is important. But we need high-ranking officials on record. We need this guy, Murphy, sitting next to Fauci, both under oath being questioned by Congress. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Testifying before Congress today. Anthony Fauci fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is never hold up a white piece of paper on TV or the internet. And Anthony Fauci has done this, and he will forever go in the history books memefied. Testifying today in front of Rand Paul, Dr. Fauci angrily held up a printout from Rand Paul's website that reads, Fire Dr. Fauci! Bravo, good sir. Bravo. I had to highlight this one moment. It's not particularly relevant to the greater news context, but I think it matters. No, uh, to be fair, it is relevant. Fire Dr. Fauci. And Dr. Fauci is pointing to a fundraising website for Rand Paul. It says to me something very simple. Tribalism. That's all this is. And now for the actual main segment. You may have seen this story the other day, and it is despicable, disgusting, but ultimately, does it matter to either you or I? Hmm. Here's the story from the LA Times. Mocking anti-vaxxers' deaths is ghoulish, yes, but necessary. It's incredible. Mocking people's deaths. I won't do that. I won't. And there are people on the left and people on the right who like to mock people's deaths. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg died... I said, you know, sad. Donald Trump said, wow, you know, sad. She was a tremendous woman, huge, you know, all that really great stuff about her. Because whether you like her or not, you recognize, you know, death is a sad thing. And we're not here to gloat at, you know, at uh, at people's deaths or, or, or dying. But there are a lot of people on the right that love to just mock her demise. And then, of course, you have people on the left who mock Herman Cain, who died of COVID. These people sicken me. It's despicable. It's disgusting. I won't mock someone dying. Now, the LA Times has slightly revised their article. It now reads, Mocking anti-vaxxers COVID deaths is ghoulish, yes, but may be necessary. Oh, thank you for the correction, LA Times. They then show this image of Orange County GOP figure Kelly Earnby died last week of COVID after disparaging anti-pandemic measures. Disgusting people. Vaccine mandates aren't working, period. They are not working. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me break that down for the cult members. Vaccine mandates work in the sense that you terrorize people into getting your medical procedure, but the cases in New York City are through the roof. Let me just show you. One of the first places to institute a vaccine mandate is breaking records, 90,000 new cases. Now, of course, I think it's important to point out that even CNN reported that hospitalizations are uh, inflated by upwards of 40%. Because what's happening is people will bump their head, go to the hospital, and the hospital will be like, you got COVID. And the person's not in the hospital for COVID. They just happen to have it. It's also true, it as reported in 2020, April of 2020, almost two years ago. Isn't that crazy? USA Today did a fact check saying that hospitals that report COVID cases get paid more money. How about that? So here we have the story that I think is important to read from the LA Times gloating about people dying, because I want you to know what the mainstream press thinks. This story, mocking anti-vaxxers' deaths, and it's not even anti-vaxxers, it's just anti-mandate people as well. It made it past, well first, this Michael Hiltzik wrote it, it got sent to an editor who approved it, it got approved by probably a copy editor and other staff, and they said, run with it. It made it through every layer of the LA Times. And when it was called into question, the only thing they did was they added the words maybe, because at first they said it was necessary. Now they're saying it may be necessary, showing that their concern over the article and the criticism has nothing to do with mocking people dying. It has more to do with whether or not they're offering up a solution to the pandemic or being a little too definitive in what that solution is. Yeah, that's all they're really concerned about. But let me debunk this and then break down the issue here. And I'll say it right away because I don't want to waste time or mince words. Vaccines mandates don't work. At this point, there is no convincing someone who is not vaccinated to get vaccinated. Mocking someone who dies will not change anyone's mind. And in fact, the more uh, what I see online is the more they mock the deaths of people, the more the other side bunkers down. Now, of course, there is an interesting conspiracy theory I love. Someone, Someone like, I think it was posted on 4chan, they said that the left is tricking the right into not getting the vaccine by making them think it's a tribal issue and it's a vaccine. I think that one's pretty funny. The reality is, if they really wanted to get people to be vaccinated, they could certainly say vaccine mandates force people to do it. But they're talking about just making fun of you for dying. The Herman Cain Award. The LA Times writes, among all the ways that COVID-19 affects our lives, the pandemic confronts us with a profound moral dilemma. How should we re- how should we react to the deaths of the unvaccinated? On one hand, a hallmark of a civilized thought is the sense that every life is precious. On the other, wait, wait, wait. There's an other hand? Like life is not precious? Amazing. Those who have deliberately flouted sober medical advice by refusing a vaccine, known to reduce the risk of serious disease from the virus, including the risk to others, and end up in the hospital or the grave can be viewed as receiving their just desserts. Wait, <laughs> they're just deserts. Okay, good job. The vaccine is not the cure to COVID and mandates don't work, says Kelly Earnby, before her unvaccinated death from COVID. Let me pause real quick. That's a fact statement. The vaccine is not the cure to COVID. That's true. The vaccine is not a cure for COVID. That's a fact. Mandates won't work. Correct. In New York, even with mandates, cases are flying through the roof. Okay. Now it depends on what your goal with the mandate is. You see, the left has slipped their mask off. The goal of the mandate is not to preserve health. It's to force you to undergo a medical procedure they demand that's it. Because if the goal of the mandate, as we assumed, was to help save lives, then we wouldn't be seeing record-breaking cases and them going, it's working! It's working. More people are getting COVID than ever. Oh, the vaccine mandate is more about forcing people to comply than it is safety of individuals. But, gee, I think we knew that. The writer was going to say, that's even more true of those who not only refuse the vaccine for themselves, but publicly advocated that others do so. It has become common online and in social media for vaccine refusers and anti-vaccine advocates to become the target of ridicule after they come down with COVID-19, especially if they die from it. But I want to pause right there. I don't, I don't know why I or anyone should be concerned about the musings of a cult member. Like you're in a cult. You are. You're literally in a cult. Why would I care what you crackpots think? I'll tell you what I do. I go outside. I got chickens. Got video games. Got skateboards. I go to regular businesses, talk with regular people, and engage in regular day-to-day business. While you all get your numbers wrong. Bill Maher called out the left because in a poll, they asked Democrats what was the percentage likelihood of being hospitalized if you got COVID, and they thought like around forty or so percent thought it was upwards of fifty percent likelihood. Republicans and independents got it correct: five percent. I mean, that's one in 20. I think I was on the verge of hospitalization. Yeah, not a, not, not a good illness, man. Very, very bad. But these people have no idea what they're talking about while they're gloating and making fun of you. But I'll tell you this. If I saw a dude pick up a turd sandwich and then laugh at me because I was eating asparagus and he's like, look, at you, you're so dumb. This asparagus so gross, going to make you stink. And then I'm like, you're literally eating a turd sandwich. I don't care what the guy covered in human waste is saying about me to be completely honest. Like there are people who are not smart, not smart enough and they're laughing. Well, what am I supposed to say about that? I see a lot of dumb people who are laughing. Doesn't really mean anything to me. I got to be completely honest, there are a lot of smarter people than me who laugh at me as well, but I also just don't care. I really don't. You know that I think that's the key to life, man. Maybe, maybe that's the thing about you or I, is that for the most part, we don't care what other people think. We're more individualist. He goes on to write, witness the subreddit Herman Cain Award, which Lily Loofbro of Slate identified in September as a site for heartless and unrepentant schadenfreude. Great. The site is named for the former Republican candidate for president who became one of the first political notables to succumb to disease after publicly defying social distancing measures. Like another site, sorry, anti vaxxer, the subreddit hosts snippets and photographs of anti-vaccine advocates often taken at their deathbeds. The issue of how to think about the deaths of unvaccinated has been thrown into high relief locally by the case of Kelly Earnby, blah, blah, blah. He goes on to say, my colleague Nicholas Goldberg recently lamented eloquently the rift in the social fabric that this species of callous commentary represents. Mocking anti-vaxxers when they get sick has become a bit of a sport, he wrote. I have a slightly different take. To begin with, let's stipulate that not all people unvaccinated against COVID are alike. Some have remained unvaccinated for legitimate medical reasons. They may be children for whom COVID have, haven't been fully ruled safe, or people with genuine medical reasons. Some have legitimately faced obstacles in getting a vaccination to a vaccination site. Others may have refused the vaccine because they've been deceived by the misinformation and disinformation spread by the anti-vaccine crowd, such as anchors on Fox News. In fact, PhD holders... Are the, uh, of all the, of all the education groups, PhD holders are the least likely to be vaccinated. Those dang liberal arts and, and PhD uh, individuals who are falling victim to Fox News. Huh. I don't know what it means, to be completely honest, but isn't that funny? Finally, there are those who have voiced public opposition to the vaccines, not all of whom are unvaccinated themselves. Some have couched their opposition in policy terms. Yes. My issue is forcing a private medical treatment on people by barring them from public accommodation. That's insane. I think it's wrong. I also think if you got the vaccine, good for you. I don't care. Go talk to your doctor. I have none, that's none of my business. Look, man, I don't want to know about the butt pills you take or the brain pills you take. I don't care. If you're crazy, I'll call you crazy. If you're dumb, I'll call you dumb. If you're smart, I'll call you smart. If I like your opinion, I'll say I do. If I don't, I say I don't. And whether or not you're being treated for something ain't none of my business, for the most part. I mean, obviously, if someone's got like a severe mental issue and they wanted to buy guns, well, then we got some issues. I mean, the Second Amendment does say, shall not be infringed. It doesn't say unless you're mentally ill. So, but there could be due process involved in suspending someone's Second Amendment rights. So, uh, we'll leave the gun argument off to the side. The point is, You're allowed to be you, and some people have uh, heart diseases, and they take heart pills, and some people have, uh, you know, certain medical issues. That's none of my business. It's a private medical concern for you and your doctor, and I think that's the way it should be. I also have never been a big fan of massive multinational corporations and the governments subsidizing them with no liability contracts. You get the point. I have never been in favor of massive unaccountable corporations or big pharma. Now, I can be reasonable and say something like, yeah, I know Big Pharma makes medications that do help us, but I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. To be completely honest, there is a, there is a profit motive in keeping people sick. Now I, I'm not saying they're making people sick or anything like that, but certainly it is better for a business to make sure you are staying sick, but they're treating your symptoms as opposed to actually curing a disease. It's like the light bulb. The first light bulb or whatever, it's still in the firehouse in New York. It's been on forever. Yeah, because they could make better better light bulbs, but planned obsolescence, right? These, these these are criticisms I have of capitalism. And people say, oh, but that's not real capitalism, whatever. Look, I like free trade. I like private individuals having the right to trade. But I also recognize some people are just dicks. And the system is, perfe- is not perfect. I am not a laissez-faire capitalist. I don't think that system would work. However, I also think that just means some regulation, that's about it, due process, don't scam people, don't rip them off, don't hurt people, things like that. That's why I've always been kind of a traditional liberal or social liberal, libertarian leaning. But today, none of that seems to make sense. Let me show you something. I'm going to show you where it gets important. I don't know what his point is, to be completely honest, saying that you should mock people so that they decide to get the vaccine. Take a look at this. They include this image, vaccination rates, all 3,144 U.S. counties, 50 states and D.C. You can see the blue areas are uh, percent of total population fully vaccinated, and then you have 2020 Trump vote percentage. So, around 45% to 55%, they consider it purple. Greater than 55%, Trump vote is red. And you can see the redder it gets, the less likely people are to be vaccinated. Interesting. You want to know what else is interesting? Well, they say vaccination rates closely correspond to the level of Trump votes in the 2020 In 2020, lower vaccination rates are seen where Trump succeeded. And Trump succeeded also in rural areas where people have very little contact with other people relative to urban areas. But perhaps the person who wrote this article is too stupid to realize that and instead wants to mock you for dying. What a good person. You see, Trump won overwhelmingly in rural counties. It's why the Trump supporters often show the map and they say there are no blue states, only blue cities in a red country or whatever but the population density is substantially lower outside of cities. So why is it that Trump areas have lower vaccination rates? Dude, if I don't live near anyone, I work remotely and I don't interact with hundreds of people every few minutes, then maybe it's not a concern to me that I would get sick. Or maybe these people call their doctors and they're like, look, No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're not going to be around anybody. You're not going to be going to big stores. You're less likely to be in contact with people. Maybe people just less concerned about it. I think that's very simple. And to the credit of the people in the big cities, I understand why they're more worried about it. Aside from the fact that they got it wrong in that poll I mentioned, you know, Bill Maher criticized. If you live in Manhattan and you're like, when I go outside, I'm walking shoulder to shoulder with thousands of people. Okay, I get it. You're concerned. But to say it's correlating directly with who voted for whom, no. The issue, in my opinion, is population density. They go on to say it's, it's the smaller government people and their anti-vax, blah, blah, blah. He goes on to say, what's especially inqu- uh, inquisious about the anti-mandate and anti-vaccination arguments is the damage they're doing to America's public health system. Republicans like Earnby used COVID vaccines turned public health into part of their partisan culture war. Yeah, no, that was you when Donald Trump initiated Operation Warp Speed, and then all of these Democrat personalities started saying they would never take the vaccine because it was rushed, and then Joe Biden gets in, and then all of a sudden it inverts. And don't get me wrong, I certainly think there's areas to criticize the right. I love how at the beginning of the pandemic, it was conservatives and right-wingers who were like, get your masks, wear your masks, and it was Fauci and the left saying, you don't need to be wearing any masks. It was actually Fauci who said it on TV. And the left was mocking people for wearing masks. It's crazy, isn't it? Then, at some point, for some reason, it flipped. And the right all of a sudden was like, we don't want to wear a mask," And the left was like, you better. Maybe it had something to do with mask mandates. I don't know. As soon as Fauci came out and said, wear them, all of a sudden people were like, no. It's the stupidest thing ever. Masks work. They really do. You know, and, and so that's my criticism to the right. Now, of course, people will highlight on the box. It says, this mask will not prevent, you know, COVID. Yes. Masks will not prevent aerosolized virus. That's true. It can help stop you if you're sick from spitting on someone and getting them sick too. That's an honest point. It's reality. That's why when people get sick, they wear masks. That's why doctors wear masks. It's not just because they want to stop blood or something from splattering on their face because they don't want to spit when they talk. It's just a basic layer of protection. Now, some people seem to think that masks working mean a guarantee at stopping a virus, while as the science just says, it reduces transmission. I don't understand why the right flipped on that one, to be completely honest. Now, it may be due to mandating people wear masks. That I get. If a private establishment says, we want you to wear a mask, my response is, okay, well, then I'm not going to come in. I'll go somewhere else. If a government forces business to do it, well, now I got a problem. You know, for me... If I go to a place like a restaurant, and I told the story, and no one's wearing any masks, then don't expect me to think it's reasonable to wear one. If I go to a record store, and everybody's wearing masks, I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 I get it. The store wants you to do it, they also don't want you to wear shirts and shoes, that I understand too. It's their store, they don't need to let me in. But I do think it's just so stupid how people play tribal games on this one. That being said... As most of you know, I think whatever the right is in this country is more likely to be correct on these issues, as noted by the Bill Maher segment that independent voters and right-leaning voters got the the percentage likelihood of hospitalization correct, and Democrats didn't. And it's because of articles like this. This is what the Democrats fear. They fear being mocked. They're scared they'll be made fun of if they don't get the vaccine and get sick. I don't care about any of that. I don't care if you want to call me all the stupid names in the book. It doesn't affect me. I'm doing my thing. I'm running a business. I've got plans. I am not easily swayed by drama and nonsense and being insulted. And it's the most annoying thing in the world. The most annoying thing in the world to me is when people I know send me things like, did you see what they're saying about you? I'm like, I don't care. You're wasting my time with this. Send me a news story about what's going on in the world. Send me something pertaining to COVID policy. Send me something that's going to help make the world a better place. I don't care that people are insulting me. People insult me all the time. People insult you all the time. They insult everybody all the time. It's childish and it's stupid and it's pointless. It's a waste of our time. We should be talking about what major mainstream news publications are saying and why. And I will, I will, I will tell you this. The reason why I really wanted to talk about this. Mocking someone's death will not convince anyone to get Vaccinated. In fact, it should be doing quite the opposite, or probably convincing them to hate you. Imagine someone's grandfather dies, and they're sad, and they're crying, and the the LA Times laughs, (laughs) ha 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 ha, it's so funny that your loved one died, and you think I'm going to be okay with that? Look, I just made fun of the right for being anti-maskers, right? You think I'm going to be happy when you make fun of my friends and family who died? I don't care why they died. You talk smack on those who have lost their lives, and that's, that's how you start trouble. I don't care why. I don't care if a family or friend was, was driving drunk. I really don't. If, if, if they did something wrong and they lost their lives, you smack talk the people I care about. You are not convincing me of anything. You are making me your enemy. You come to a funeral, and you say, I'm sorry for your loss, man. I really, really am. I wish more people were taking this seriously. I got to be honest. I wish your loved one would have gotten the vaccine or, or worn the mask, but I don't think that's, 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 that's relevant right now. I'm sorry that you're, you're going through this. Hey, that might actually be convincing to someone. That might actually have them be like, I know, I know, I know, I get it. Think about your friends and family members who are on the opposite side of the political spectrum from you and you argue with. Imagine if they came to you after, you know, let's say let's say you had a, a, a someone you knew from high school and they laughed at you and started just making fun of you. Ha ha ha, it's so funny that your your parents died in that nursing home cuz Cuomo Why would you like that? Why would you listen to them? Why would you be friends with them? Why would you think they have anything but but malintent towards you? Why would I assume their advice is sound if they're just mocking and laughing at my suffering? I say the same thing when the right insults and and mocks the left. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to play that game. There are so many stories that are coming out where it's like so-and-so got vaccinated and then a month later died or whatever. And there are people on the right saying that, oh, oh, this proves it. And I'm like, well, I don't know, man. I'm not going to make fun of any of these people. They died. It sucks. You're not going to convince anybody by mocking and belittling them. But you can go up to someone and you can say, sorry to hear it, man. I'm here for you if you need anything from me. Politics should not be a factor in you dealing with your loss. That's it. That's all. You know, Daryl Davis, de a lot of Klan members by just being friends with them. And that's what needs to happen. When someone dies, you simply need to say, I'm sorry this happened. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. That's it. That's it. However, mainstream media, corporate press, what do you want to call it? This story made it through how many editors? This story was approved by how many people? It's disgusting, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.
1: With the Lucky Lands Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.